0: This episode is brought to you by 9AM Health. 9AM Health, diabetes care that fits your life. What's up guys, welcome back. For another episode of Healing in Hindsight. It is the official first guest episode, and I'm really excited. It is with the lovely Britt Olson. And if you've been following for a minute, I actually did my very first guest episode with her on her podcast, Loving Your Own Soul. And it was a great conversation. It was right before I launched season one. Since then, I've done an Instagram live with her just to catch up so I'm really excited to have her now be on the show and just to pick her brain. She is not only a podcast host, but a business owner of her own health and wellness coaching platform, Ambu Wellness. It is a beautiful community. And she also has a self-paced course, which I have personally taken and have gotten so many great nuggets and things. And she loves to combine Eastern medicine philosophy with Western medicine philosophy and just bring you to a place where you have balance in your life. And without super heavy restrictions or anything like that, just providing a lot of insight tools and things for you to be able to optimize your health in the best way that suits you so Super excited for this conversation with Brit. I feel like it definitely helped me a lot. I hope it helps you. And be sure to check out her services and offerings. She's doing a deal where um, her prices will be going up in April, I believe the 16th. But you can lock in her current rate now. And if you need some time, like four weeks or so, before you can actually engage in those sessions with her, you can still keep that price, even if you start at a later date. So don't miss out. Here's this conversation with Brit. It's going to be super awesome, super powerful, and I'm really excited to know what you guys think. Let's do it. You're listening to Healing in Hindsight, your no BS source for thriving with diabetes. What's up, guys? I'm Taylor Danielle. And it's my goal to help millennial diabetics like myself live an amazing life without your diagnosis getting in the way. I get it. I was diagnosed back in 2015 with type two diabetes, and it was really hard to find people around my age to understand how to travel, socialize, or even have meaningful relationships. But I feel like with a focus on mindset, perspective, and nutrition together, we can take back our health and our lives. Consider this the red table but for diabetics. E- minus the entanglement, so. So let's do it. Well, well hi, hi, Britt.
1: Um, hello, Taylor. How have you been? I have been so, so good. It's so funny. I still, I don't know if you feel this at all or not, but just with everything that's transpired in the last year, I still have this mm-hmm. little bit of guilt around how good i feel but to be honest like fantastic life is really good right now can't complain no
0: that's great i think i think we don't do that enough i think we kind of have this expectation sometimes that when at least with with the past year being what it is it's almost like hey how are you doing shit is bad and she's like oh that's that sucks like let's talk about it. so i think we're at a point where like we expect bad news nowadays just because last year it just seemed like it never stopped so no absolutely i think uh, we should always speak to when we're feeling good and if not i feel like if someone isn't feeling good we can't make that person feel bad for being in a good spot so i'm glad you're, I you're doing great. That's, agree. yeah we
1: need awesome. more transparency in the world way like, more
0: sure. way more it, it just makes life a lot easier that's why i don't like to do courtesy ask like if i'm asking how you're doing i legit want you to tell me how you're doing i'm i'm mentally preparing Mm -hmm. space to receive that otherwise i wouldn't ask like (laughs) just i hate that we've turned a lot of things into just courtesy stuff with the expectation of like please don't tell me your life story because i didn't want to hear it so absolutely we could have a whole conversation on that whole conversation on that that's 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 a episode whatever down the line (laughs) so For those of you who don't know, or if you didn't take the time to listen to my guest episode, Brit was my first podcast, like literally ever. I was in the process of creating season one and through a mutual uh, Facebook group that we're in, she was looking for guests. I was looking for experience, honestly. (laughs) I just didn't know what to expect. And we had a really good conversation. So I will definitely link to that. But she is also a podcast host. And I think what I love most about your show is I love the solo ones where it feels like I'm just literally sitting in front of you and you're just kind of sharing things and the music that you have in the background I might steal that because I felt like I was about to go into a meditation almost just listening to it It was so soothing it was so soothing so I would love for you to just share a little bit about yourself because I know you're not just a podcaster and then we'll get into a couple of interesting questions I'd like to ask you
1: yeah absolutely thank you so much for that by the way my little kind of many solo episodes where i just kind of riff on a particular topic have gotten a lot of really nice feedback so i appreciate that but i am Britt olson i consider myself to be a leader in holistic and intuitive wellness and within that i'm a certified health coach through the institute for integrative nutrition i have my podcast as you just mentioned loving your own soul And I actually last week just got my Reiki level one and two education. So that's going to be fun. I've always had this calling to do my own, well, to practice energy healing. But then I feel intuitively that there might be something unique inside of me that will kind of come out with that. And. I also just started my online yoga teacher training this week with a group called Soul Work. And it's been something I've wanted to do for a while now. But what I love about this program with Soul Work, which you would love to have the founder on your podcast. Oh, yeah. I know. But they do Ooh. a lot with trauma informed training and mm. diversity and inclusivity and really bringing yoga away from the way it's kind of stemmed to like the 40 year old white women and hot yoga and getting it back to the roots of the ancientness of yoga and the true practice and within the breath within the body and then how to really bring yoga into communities all communities around the world so side note it's an incredible program you should look into it I can connect you with the founder I think you'd appreciate her lifestyle a lot
0: that's awesome so two things I I've done an energy clearing but it was only one, one twice but I've never really deep dived into Reiki so I might have to to hit you offline to play around with that use me as a getting big I'm so far okay. and then cool. I love I love this yoga aspect of it because I, literally this week I was thinking about I need to get on the mat I need to get on the mat I need to get on the mat because I've I keep Trying to make yoga a regular thing for myself in some form, especially because I've been having issues with my shoulder with some crazy inflammation. So it's really stiff a lot of times. And Mm -hmm. so I'm just like, I think I I have moments where I get nervous because I'm doing it at home and I want to make sure I'm doing the form right because I don't want to get in the habit of doing it incorrectly and then I'm injuring myself, whatever. But I'm also very leery about going to studios still. <laughs> so it's just like, I'm just running into a middle, but every time that I have started different sequences and things like that, I do feel really good. So, and my house being everything it's, it's, it's so tough when your house is literally everything or your apartment, really fine. A house, I'd have a whole separate room and then I'd be good. But that's really cool that they're, you know, trying to bring back the, the historical aspect of what yoga is for Mm -hmm. versus making it another trend thing. Because I used to do Pilates heavy, especially Mm -hmm. when I was playing volleyball in high school. That was my warm up Before I actually went to practice, I would do one of the little, my mom had the Windsor set. Oh my God. (laughs) She had the Windsor (laughs) set. And I used to do the 20 minute one every morning before practice. And probably one of the best, I'd say the best shape that I was in of just like being so physically Mm -hmm. healthy because I was really taking that time. So I do still love Pilates, but I just, just getting back on the mat in general has been a struggle because I'm just like, my dogs won't leave me alone. This whole year has made it so hard on me with them because now they're just used to me being here and I cannot go anywhere. I can't do anything. If I leave the house, they started having accidents in the house. If I leave for too long, even if I walk them several times a day, I'm like, y'all are really trying to trap me in this house with you. (laughs) Yeah, know, like, I so feel crazy. for animals of the last year
1: because it's just totally like shifted their reality where they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you're with me all the time. OK, yeah. Our pack is within these four walls and we don't go anywhere. And then it's like yeah. when we do start merging back into society, they're like, what is going on? Like, you're not supposed to leave. I thought we were I thought this was the new normal.
0: So. Yeah, I actually <laughs> joked with my partner, he went out of town to go visit his family a couple weeks ago. And I was like, I'm just gonna treat my house like an office. So I would crash at his house, and I would leave them there. And then I would come here so I could actually like film and everything. And so I, I definitely would love to get to a place I actually started sharking around to see if I could afford doing like a co-working space, mm-hmm. even if it's just to do all my admin stuff, because I do miss physically going somewhere. I just feel like companies should offer the option. I don't mind going into an office twice a week or whatever. I just want mm-hmm. the choice that if I roll out of bed and today's not the day for people, that I can stay at home and not be around people. So we it's, all need uh, that choice. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope I really do hope companies wise up to that very quickly as, as we try to fit in what's normal again. So speaking of which I'm, I'm very curious. I like to ask everybody one question at the top and at the end. And so you being one of my non-diabetics, I'm curious because you, you've been navigating the health space for a while. What is one health myth that you just want to like shut down right now? Like myth, this Mm. is totally false. Please stop following this or do your research on this. What's one thing that just when someone asks, you're just like, no, that's not yeah. it at all.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. So there are a couple things that come to mind. First one, I will say that I think I'll kind of stick with is the myth about how much protein our bodies need and how we've been conditioned to understand that we only get protein From animal meat and protein is the way to go and if you're not getting enough protein your body can't function and this and that and everything else. Every body is completely unique and individual in and of themselves and some bodies yes might strive and do better off of high amounts of animal protein. However from what I've discovered is our most natural and regulated states of being really comes from less animal protein, and that there is so much protein in plants, and that plants carry the right amount of amino acid profiles that our bodies naturally need. And now too, when I speak of this, I'm speaking of an average, healthy, healthy in air quotes, body, obviously, when we have different conditions, or Dealing with diabetes or chronic illness, what our body needs and the intake can definitely vary in what it can handle in its own journey. However, on average, plants hold so much potency for us, including the right amount of proteins and amino acid profiles. So it's, I mean, I have to like decondition myself still with the dialogue, but we are just in this like protein centric society. And mm-hmm. I just really I'm gonna say I don't agree with it, but when we get back to like the ancientness of where we really came from, mm-hmm. we really didn't have it all the time.
0: Right, you know? right. We had to go catch it. And mm-hmm. that might and then coming up with the different ways that they had to store it, like it used to be a treat. My mom exactly. actually joked uh a while back when I was visiting, she was like, I was an involuntary like vegetarian vegan because in Thailand, like it was not common for them to be able to have meat like that so what do they have well a crap ton of vegetables especially when the jungle is providing a lot of fruit and things like that for you but on the flip side i have a friend who's from brazil and she's like meat is huge in brazil like right. it's such a big thing and so even from a cultural aspect of like the region that you came from cannot a lot have a huge effect into what was seasonal for you and so for a lot of cultures if you weren't near it or couldn't have the means to catch it or it w- it just wasn't around anymore, like the the herds migrated, whatever, you weren't you weren't gonna have that. So absolutely agree. I've been trying to I've been playing around with the idea of getting a food sensitivity test and then getting mm-hmm. actual blood work
1: to mm-hmm. show
0: like what exactly my body right now needs in terms of am I going too much overboard? Because one thing that a lot of diabetics are taught immediately is the whole macrocentric count everything especially carbs and my partner's body like sheds carbs but needs a lot of protein Mm -hmm. but I'm kind of the opposite I really don't need a lot of protein I can tolerate moderate level of carbs but you know I have to watch that threshold but I need a lot of greens so it's really interesting how our bodies adjust and kind of the the growth of information because I feel like if this was maybe even 10 years ago getting blood work to see what kind of foods your body needs like to high society, you had to really be up there to get that. And now it's becoming way more normal, which I think cool. is good. So
1: I think get it's your so protein cool. from plants. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then just one other myth that I will touch on lightly that I was kind of cautious about, only because of the diabetic community, but there is a big myth in my opinion, not in my opinion, in my professional um, understanding with fruit and fruit sugar, and that all mm-hmm. sugar is the same type of sugar and fruit sugar is absolutely different than refined and processed and the fake sugar. So we are gonna have sweet tooth. Having a sweet tooth is natural because the earth naturally produces fruit and our bodies actually thrive off of fruit sugars. Now again, per different diagnoses or diseases or medications or things that you're dealing with, obviously we all need to monitor it. However, Mm -hmm the two types of sugar are completely different. So please do not be scared of fruit and eat fruit. Your body most will thrive off of it. And it's so, so good for us. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a huge thing where we're good for berries mm-hmm. in every diabetic community in space, like they're like, yeah, berries are a go. And I'm like, great. Cause I love blackberries and Strawberries are probably next to that, and then of course raspberries are cool. I just hate that you just never know when they're actually sweet or not. Um, I know. Oh my gosh, my yeah, raspberries it's so crazy. are such a crapshoot. Of like, you don't know what you're gonna get. <laughs> right. You just gotta hope and pray, and and there's definitely some like I've never tried gooseberries, so that's something that I'm like, mm-hmm. ah. I see it uh, on a lot of garden stuff that I watch that they grow them fairly easy. I'm like, I've never eaten one before, but I eat apples pretty regularly, mm-hmm. and especially now having my CDM, I'm like, it doesn't react like that and some people are like oh, you ate an apple and I'm like yeah I can do that or even like bananas and mangoes mm-hmm. I mean I still kind of moderate those a little bit more because I have noticed they'll send me up a little bit yeah. but at the same time it's just like okay maybe I can do half a banana even though I won't eat the whole thing same thing with mango i I will eat the whole thing. So I just have to s- slice it and freeze some or something like that. Cause I love, I love mango. them. Like, mangoes are so good. Our neighbor actually has
1: a huge mango tree. So I'm super privileged to come around damn. eating them. It's amazing. And I just want to say one thing too, if you have with eating fruit and sugar and all those things. Yeah. If you're eating an apple and pineapple, and then you have a bag of Reese's and then you have a bagel and cream cheese, which actually bagel and cream cheese has it ton of sugar in it and then you have a soda yeah that is a shit ton of sugar like yeah watch yourself for sure however if the only sugar you're consuming is a little bit from fruit it's okay so yeah obviously everything in moderation but just kind of the balance of it so yeah if you have eaten a ton of candy and like fake sugar that day probably wouldn't advise adding fruit on top of it just kind of yeah yeah tomorrow just kind of restart
0: yeah Totally. So I would love to hear more about your second. I, I consider it like your second business, I guess you yeah. could say, because I know you have your podcast too. So I'd love to hear about your second business and that's your your coaching and wellness community that I'm graciously a part of and how you kind of wanted to start that because I think you were still putting it together when we first started communicating and then later on it came out. And I'm like, dude, this is really exciting. So I would love to hear more about. Um, why you wanted to start it and kind of what your philosophy is with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Ambu is the name of my holistic wellness company that, to be honest, I have wanted to start this company probably as long as I had wanted to start my podcast. So we'll say maybe six, seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. Throughout my entire life, I've always had a passion for health and wellness. The term health has carried a lot of definitions over my lifetime as to how I've understood it, how I've incorrectly understood it, how I've been conditioned to understand it. So I've definitely had my own kind of wounded healer journey in that aspect of really not treating myself with respect and allowing external factors to really influence me, my day to day, what I was doing, what I was putting in my body, my environment, all the things. And I've seen myself swing to the other side of the pendulum of being completely out of balance, fully disconnected, just completely not myself. Now back to the other side of the pendulum of really being that vibrant, soulful, true to my truest nature. So mm. with my wellness company, food is huge. I truly believe in the power of food and nutrients and also giving people the tools to understand the why behind like fruits and vegetables and whole grains and that it's so much more than just, oh, eat your vegetables. Cause like I was told that my whole life and I was like, okay, there's no substance to this. Like you're right. kind of forcing me to eat my vegetables and that's really making me not want to. Until right. I started learning what they do for our bodies. And then it was like this information just downloaded into me. And it was like this remembrance of how crucial these foods from the earth are for us and what they can actually do to us and how to really kind of like work in flow with them. That really started shifting things for me. And then on top of also just career, and mindset, and movement, and joy, and balancing stress, and all those are other huge key factors, but at that time, where I really started kind of getting this, like, awakening to food, ironically, but not ironically at all, my now husband, who is my boyfriend at the time, went through a huge health journey, where out of the blue, he was at a sales conference, I was actually in Bali, all the way across the world, and he thought he was getting the flu went to the ER or went to the urgent care, hoping to get like a pack or something to make it through his conference that was starting the next day. The urgent care doctor happened to be an old ER doctor, which to me, I believe is kind of like an earth angel and looked at him and his levels and was like, I'm either putting you on an ambulance or I'm really not supposed to tell you this, but you need to drive yourself to the Dr. Phillips hospital in Orlando immediately. He was like, what are you talking about? Like, what? No. And then long story short, went to the hospital, he was in such critical care, they then transported him in an ambulance to the more special day hospital in downtown, ended up in neuro ICU, me with our 13 hour time difference, got the communication, booked a flight back home. And it was interesting, because whenever I was in Bali, I couldn't get settled, which is very unlikely for me. So when I got that mm. call, I was like, Oh, makes sense. I was never meant yeah. to stay here. So that journey, though, we were just completely thrown into the chronic illness world and community and unexpected diagnosis, undiagnosis, it took them forever to figure out what he had, understanding how rare his condition and antibodies and levels and everything actually was, and then going through them, trying to figure out how to treat him and not being able to treat him and they couldn't get his platelet levels to hold and they've given him the diagnosis of severe aplastic anemia, which is a bone marrow disorder. However, mm. it was kind of like the, we can't find anything else. So we're just gonna stick the dart here and call it that. And there's definitely something else that I think eventually with science will evolve and they'll be able to figure it all out. But for right now, that's what they called it. And really just got thrown into the world of medication and prescription and being treated like a number and asking the doctors, like, okay, so what else can we do? And they're like, there's nothing else you can do. Like, this is the answer. And nothing against mm. Western medicine because they they did save his life in the moment. Mm. Had all that not happened, he could have stroked out at any moment. Had he not been in the right care, there is a high high probability he would not be here today. However, the whole approach was just so, it could have been done differently, in my opinion, and it could have been done more, yeah humanely and just really looked at it. And that was where we started asking these questions. And I just could not stop researching it and looking at holistic and alternative healing modalities and looking at the body as a whole and trying to like piece the whole timeline of his life together and then bringing in food and herbs and plants. And he got off of all of his medications about Just over a year and a half after his initial diagnosis, his doctors unexpectedly just like pulled him off of everything, which in getting like you and I were just talking about second and third opinions, which we got after the fact, both other teams were like, yeah, we would have never pulled you off of those because now that you're off of them, you can't go back on them. And your chance of, what is it? Not remission, relapse or happening again is like so much higher now. However, We were gifted this opportunity in that he got pulled off of everything. So there was no longer that, oh, well, we've never, this medication, we've never tested it with these different herbs or CBD or these. There, were, there was no more risk. So we got to then go in and really, he was the guinea pig. I was also a guinea pig and that I would try some of these things myself, see how I reacted to them, and then he would be open to them. And
0: yeah, we just
1: figured it all out and in the process I've always had this niche for needing to help people and I've worked through the nonprofit industry and I've tried to kind of funnel this passion and it wasn't until that that I realized wow this is what I care about among so many things but this is my passion and really it was like I feel like I'm doing the world uh disjustice if I'm not going to go forward with this and create a company around it. So I kind of have like multiple layers within my company and that myself on a self level, I understand being out of balance, eating the wrong foods, having digestive issues and stomach issues and being burnout, being the workaholic, fueling my body with Starbucks coffees and Diet Cokes and not eating to then having also um, a little bit of disordered eating and feeling the need to binge restrict. And then this whole chronic illness side, which is interesting in that I was the observer and kind of witness to it versus being diagnosed myself that it really just pieced it all together. And then, yeah, it just kind of like, once I started working on it, it all just honestly flowed and kind of miraculously has come to be what it is today.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's crazy how life events kind of guide you because Mm -hmm. I I really feel like even though in some of the, the more crazier things, you don't feel connected to the idea that it might've been purposeful because it just seems so awful. Like, why would this be purposeful? But in reality, that's kind of a little bit of just how it is in a way. And I normally don't like to say that, but this is kind of one of those exceptions because had that diagnosis not happened, as scary as it was, it wouldn't have driven you to figure out what your thing is. How much longer would you have been wandering trying to figure out what your thing is? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a similar story to mine. I would not be sitting here in front of you right now had I not been diagnosed because that was the only thing that lit me up into a okay, I should probably do something about this. So pain into purpose is such a deep thing by itself. And we're constantly going through those cycles. And it's just kind of understanding when it is actually beneficial, which is why I, I try my best not to get too upset or complain when it just feels like everything's falling apart because everybody knows when a good storm hits, you have some of the best rain and all of your plants start to just thrive because they needed it. They needed that kind of pressure. So I feel that. Isn't it so um,
1: true? Yeah, it's interesting, too, as well, because so when you and I had spoken before, I had four and a half years ago, almost five years, started my own digital marketing company, where Mm -hmm. I just got really frustrated with working for other people. I was like, this is, I'm meant to be an entrepreneur. Who am I like kidding by now? And I did that. And that really taught me how to work for myself. However, in January of 2020, ahead of COVID, I was discovered unexpectedly through a notification that we were in a massive trademark infringement with a huge national company that oh, wow. I had no I, no clue that we were and did not have the um, best legal team on their side. And they wanted me out for what would take me probably my whole life to ever try to accumulate and pay back. Wow. Luckily, worked through it and then the pandemic hit and everything so it was like I also then suddenly because I knew what I wanted to do but I wasn't fully acting on it literally mm-hmm. got everything stripped away from me it was like the whole universe was shouting at me and it's like if you're not going to do this we are going to force you into this somehow right right so I kind of had that like final kick in the ass that was like okay you have to do this and it's crazy to think only like a year later i um
0: so thankful that I did. So yeah, the universe really does like to, I'm pretty sure we're one big comedy show. I just, I just feel like that's just what the divine totally. is doing. You said that it's one big comedy show because I had a similar experience where the last like six months or so every reading, whether it's for myself or whether I've gotten one, everything that I've aligned myself to get more educated on, there's this big message of, okay, you just need to do it. Cause I'll go into super research mode and mm-hmm. spend all of my time just researching and daydreaming but the action part is is the the piece that gets me a little anxious because it's just like but what if and you start down that but what if rabbit hole and you find yourself like giving yourself a panic attack because you're just like I want to do this but I don't but I do but I don't and you're just like split and torn in all these different places until you kind of land in the spot where you really have to just stand in a mirror and be like okay Mm-hmm. Even if it's crazy, even if my therapist actually said it to me last week, she's like, going for stuff might not always seem practical. It might not mm-hmm. always make sense, especially to other people when you decide I'm just going to leap in and do it because if I don't leap in, I won't do anything at all. So it's it's really interesting how things just line up in a way of like, I keep trying to tell you, but you clearly enjoy roughing it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to make you rough it for a bit. It's just like, I I'm trying to listen more because- we have to do that again. We don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. so in that kind of same vein, I would love to just pick your brain a little bit for me, but also for others, because this is something that is so prevalent in the community. A lot of the Facebook groups that I'm in, I'm seeing these posts a lot of, oh my God, I ate this or, oh my God, I ate that. Hell, last night I had some Doritos and some sour gummy worms. I don't feel bad about it, but you know, there was a time where I would just tear myself apart because it's like, okay, you know what you have, what your condition is, but we feel so defeated because we have to have this restricted lifestyle, it almost feels like, that whenever you fall off, it's so hard to reset and go forward with a positive mindset, because sometimes a lot of us just repeat that same cycle of, I'll do okay for a couple of days, and then, oh man, it's movie night and all the snacks are around and I don't wanna like be rude and not like eat some snacks that somebody's serving or whatever and great, now I feel shitty about myself because I ate this, oh God, I checked my blood sugar and it's through the roof, like you knew. And so I would love just from your professional expertise of like, how do you give yourself that space? How do you you come to terms with the fact that it's okay that this moment has happened? You just need to kind of keep redirecting yourself to flow in the way that you're supposed to, at least for now, because I truly believe in food freedom. I don't feel anybody should be restricted, but I understand sometimes you temporarily need to so your body can reset and kind of get back into the raw space to be able to go forward. So I I would just love to know what your take is on how do we get back whenever we've kind of veered off track?
1: Yeah, 100%. So a couple things that I want to say on this. Number one, kind of also tailing off of what you were also talking about earlier with taking action and how you go down that kind of what if spiral. One thing that I've found to be so, so helpful for really those in my life and so many of my clients as well is when we fall off track or we go into that negative what if spiral of, well wow, why did I do this? What if my blood is at this now? What if this, what if this? Like we literally just, what if the crap out of like the world is gonna end tomorrow? And instead Mm -hmm. there's duality to everything. There's always a negative, there's always a positive. So spin that what if game, but what if my body really needed this right now? What if mentally I needed a night to hang out with my friends and sit on the couch? And what if I'm still gonna wake up tomorrow? What if this isn't gonna completely set me back? What if this is actually for me? What if this was a form of self care that I needed? Or what if I did take action? what if this did manifest for me? What if the next best thing is waiting for me tomorrow? And really reframing that negative self-talk into the positive. And Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier said than done. However, what I've found is just trying to flip the what ifs, it suddenly like you can feel your whole energy change immediately. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm only human. And we don't know because we're just making up stuff in our heads. We make up that this is going to be the end. But Could we make up that this is only the beginning or that there's something great for us happening on the other side of that? But as it then pertains to food and falling off track and just to go a little bit deeper into that is the number one thing I always say is have compassion for yourself, for your body in the present moment of where you sit right here, right now, because we are all truly only human and nobody has it all figured out. And even the people on Instagram who are maybe a chronic illness survivor and are posting how healthy they eat and all these things they do, I guarantee you that behind the scenes, they still have a night where they sit on the couch and they eat the pizza and they eat the candy because we are all human. And if anyone out there is totally perfect, please reach out to me. I would love to know how you got to that enlightened level. However, the reality is, is. We're all humans. The difference is is really catching yourself and not having that all or nothing mentality. If it's something where, say, for breakfast you went off the cuff and you didn't you ate decided to eat a whole box of cookies for breakfast or something like that, you don't have to let the whole day go to waste then. You can yeah. stop right then and there and say, "Okay, I did that. It's okay. That's an experience. That's behind me now. I still have this whole day ahead." to treat my body with respect, and kind of balancing it out. And yeah, that Domino's pizza last night was great. But when I get home, because I wanted to spend time with my friends, and that's a huge piece of being human, I'm going to go drink my hot lemon water, because that's going to cleanse my body and help my body adjust to that food overnight while I'm sleeping. And when I wake up, I'm going to be really easy on myself. So really trying to get out of that all or nothing and just taking life so seriously but at the same time as it pertains because we are and also too like when we need comfort comfort food is totally okay food is an emotional tie that we learned over time and we are going to comfort ourselves with food it's also when you're something stressful happened and you want a warm food that is a very natural response because heat comforts us and makes us feel good internally and it immediately lowers Mm. our stress levels. So honoring that you maybe want a warm comfort food, but then is there a way to make it more sustainable to your lifestyle? Can instead of the bowl of refined white flour pasta with a whole bunch of processed meatballs and spaghetti sauce that's filled with sugar and all the things, And you instead transition that to a gluten free brown rice pasta. And making your own tomato sauce without any sugar is actually super easy. Obviously, I know there's a little bit in tomatoes, but why like store-bought tomato sauce is filled with so much sugar is honestly beyond me because it's super simple if you have a blender to make your own. So kind of figuring out where can you meet in the middle and find balance and know that there are certain things that we are gonna crave and want, but to also check yourself because sometimes in certain moments a craving can also be a craving for something else so in your relationship say you've had a tough week with your partner you're not seeing eye to eye you haven't had that sense of love and connection and then come friday you're like you know what i'm just gonna eat the gallon of ice cream because i need this and this feels good that's where i check myself and know that the sugar the dairy, the creaminess of the comfort of that ice cream, when maybe we were crying as a kid and wanted a hug. And instead, our mom gave us the ice cream. That's a craving for a craving. Your body doesn't actually want the ice cream. You just want love and you just want to snuggle on the couch. So I kind of just threw a lot out there because there's so many layers to it. But I hope that that was kind of helpful.
0: Little tidbits on kind of like three different levels there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really true because uh, especially what you say about like craving uh, a physical edible thing when it's (laughs) actually a different physical thing that you're that you're looking for. Hell, I'll I'll use myself. The other day I, you know, bought some snacks because I'm like, I've had a really long week. And my numbers have actually been really good. Like I would just like to have some chips and I love sour candy. Thank you. Right. And so I, I love chips. I love sour candy. I don't do them often because I do recognize what they do for me. And a lot of it is just I go over the serving piece. That's usually mm-hmm. where I find myself struggling is a lot of times those like trolley sour gummer worm packs like a serving is like five. Which we know that ain't nearly enough, so they need to figure that out, so I can have like ten to twenty, because that's usually what you're gonna do. You're damn oh, near gonna finish night. the bag. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Sour Patch too. Oh, listen, I yeah. just just put them in tiny packs for me, like like fruit snacks, because I can't. I'll do the whole thing. And I hit him up because he's in a pool league, and I'm like, oh crap, I think this is one of his nights. I'm like, uh, do you have to do pool league tonight? Like. Is is this the night? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, well. And what I really wanted is, I just wanted time with him. I wanted to watch mm-hmm. a movie. And the snacks were kind of just the the tying piece that I really need to have them. No, but because he was going to be busy, I was like, well, I really just wanted to like curl up and watch movies and like snacks. So I just mm-hmm. snacked and I binged a little too much, but I checked. I faced the fact that I saw my numbers go up. Now, thankfully, they're not going up to the abysmal point of, like, when I was first diagnosed. But even still, it was just a reminder of, like, okay, had I been with him, I probably would have chilled out. Because I was getting more of what I needed in the moment versus, like, okay, the snacks are there. So I definitely haven't even thought of it in a sense of, like, what is it that I'm trading for? I mean, I definitely try to think through when I'm trying to do distracted eating of, like, do you actually need this? Or when I have Mm -hmm. a craving, especially, like, the salty sweet, like... Is this actually what you need or, or you, do you need like an actual more fulfilling meal that yeah. you're you're missing out on? But to or keep even just what, water too. Yeah, water especially because the medication that I'm on now, like I have to drink a lot of water to help me flush my system. And so uh, I forget. So my body would be like, no, nope, you got 50 cases of water. You're going to drink it all. <laughs> So, so with that, in that same vein, as we're trying to, you know, identify those moments where we might be craving something else, right? How are you finding balance in building and incorporating meaningful habits without it like being overwhelming? Cause I think that's one thing that can be so daunting is I I'll pick on the yoga thing, right? Mm-hmm. I love acrobatic yoga. I think it's so cool. Like there's a couple people that I follow where they just, cons- I mean, it's a part of the, the sequence, but I'm just like, I want to do like arm stands and stuff like that. Like that would be really cool. But the effort that it would take to one, start the practice. Cause I'm, in our practicing <laughs> to build to that is hard or hey I want to make sure I'm knocking out the right amount of water every day getting up to refill things is is tough so how do you incorporate those meaningful habits without it being so overwhelming for you to go through with them because I know sometimes we get into the space of like there are five major things that I need to incorporate into my life and I need to do them all now and then we're, we're right back at square one because we fell off midway through
1: hmm So for me, I always kind of start out with asking, like, what is the rush? If you were to suddenly be able to do this tomorrow, would your life really change that much? Usually no. Sure, it'd be super fun. I mean, I would love to be able to snap my fingers and do all the acrobatic yoga and everything starting tomorrow. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> also not super realistic either. So really under and kind of just using our history as an example of like, when I did something before and I gave 200% at the beginning, was that sustainable? Probably not. And mm-hmm. really giving that grace of like, oh, this is fun and I feel really excited about this and I want this to last. And what can I handle? So being really honest with yourself of like, what can I handle right now? I haven't been doing yoga in six months. Obviously, trying to go for like five days a week probably not going to happen and your body mm-hmm. is going to be like yo lady what are you trying to do to me we haven't been doing this and now you think we're just gonna like go right into this i don't think so mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. giving yourself that of oh i want this so let's do once a week and see how that feels and if that feels really good and you're craving more of it where you're like i need more yoga and go to two days a week go to three days a week and kind of build a little bit of like a structure around it but then also leave space for that below because i feel like oh we kind of get into this feeling of okay i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do it five days a week and this and that and then i wake up on day five and all i want to do is go for a walk in nature but i'm like no i told myself i was gonna do yoga and mm-hmm. like that's not fair to yourself what is this whole structure thing really doing for your life like if you listen to that internal cue and you go for a walk in nature versus forcing yourself to do yoga you're probably gonna have way more fun doing the first than the later and then mm-hmm. same if you force yourself into something what's the point of doing that like that's not fun either so taking it slow honoring yourself in that understanding like i want this to work so therefore i'm not and i'm gonna try to not bite off more than i can chew And if you bite Mm -hmm. off more than you can chew. Okay, cool. Another experience. Wow. I keep doing this. No big deal. I'm not going to go backwards and learn how to crawl before I can run again. So I'm going to go back to doing it once a week kind of thing. And just giving yourself freedom to mess up and to experiment and to try something, but then freedom to also take it slow, slower than you ever have before. I've been really practicing that because I truly believe that time does not exist. It's kind of this made up thing that, Yoga once a week now versus five days a week in a year from now. We're all going to get there eventually with where we're supposed to be going. So kind of just like stripping away that like hustle mentality. And I get it. I fall into it myself all the time. But I also just check myself and I'm like, "Mm, let's slow down. Let's take this back a notch. So yeah, just giving yourself freedom and one thing at a time I actually like to practice just even taking saying no to one small thing so that I can Mm -hmm. say yes to something better so like lately I had gotten in this winter of really cycling myself of allowing myself really just downtime in the winter and it felt so good but I noticed I then was getting into that habit of sleeping in and I'm naturally a morning person. And I saw, oh, I have now this habit has developed versus something my body actually needs. So I was like, okay, I'm going to say no to hitting snooze so that I can say yes to a morning walk or more energy or with my husband before he leaves for work or whatever it is, or brushing my teeth before 7am. Something like that. That's just like super small and attainable that you can just keep chipping away and then sure enough a couple of days went by and I felt like myself again and I was like oh okay we're back so small small changes definitely make a big difference
0: yeah I really do feel that especially what you said like giving yourself downtime in the, in the winter I was taking a class through a self-care society a Danica mm, Brescia's membership cool. love love that definitely check it out and one of the instructors the class that she was talking about that day was like figuring out what your, your physical season is Mm. and then mapping out what that season looks like. So then you can tell your support system, Hey, for the next couple of weeks, I might be going in there. I call it hermit crab mode. When I'm, when I tell everybody, like, I just need a minute. If I don't respond all the time, it's not you, it's me. I'm not saying don't invite me to things, but I may say no a lot more this, these next couple of weeks, stuff like that. And it really hit home because I'm like, we, we've, generationally surrounding everything through physical seasons of what is nature doing but Mm -hmm. how often have we paid attention to what our physical season is of like this might be summertime for me right I I am a winter baby so I really do feel like I'm kind of aligned and that when winter comes for me it's actually between that like December to February kind of time frame where I just feel really slow and not necessarily like summer, spring, summer, fall, I feel more active. And so I even aligned the seasons now to give me that time off because I know it's the time where I'm just like, I'm not as creative. I'm My body feels like it's hibernating. It's just taking this period of like really slow rest and reset. But like you said, I still get up in the mornings so not to lose that because there have been moments where I've like caught myself sleeping in way too much, even though I have 50 alarms. But I'm like snoozing all of them because I've allowed my body to kind of overtake the driver's seat, if you will. And
1: Mm -hmm. it's like,
0: no, just lay here. You're so drowsy. And it's like, I haven't had any Benadryl at all. Why do I feel like this? And so being able to say, no, no, I get it. Sleeping all day sometimes sounds like a dream, but. How about we get up and we find a different way to be in a restful state? So I definitely like that, which kind of leads me to my next question. So we've got the building in habits slowly, be giving us ourselves compassion when we fall off. But I think the the, at least in my opinion, the core thing of how to have all of those things is the mindset, is ensuring that your, what do I call it? Like your command center in your head, if you will, is so fine-tuned that sending off of command of like we're not going to hit snooze is more likely to succeed than fail. So what are things that you've done or have taught with your clients or anything to help shift their mindset so that when they come up against these obstacles, they're not, they're not shutting down. And I'd also be curious to know, like, what's one mental block that you have to overcome yourself in order to kind of push forward into doing what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Such a fun question. So it's so funny because it's such a good segue because I was going to say with all this awareness is really key here. And mm-hmm. it's really hard to take action until we have awareness. And yeah. awareness, sometimes you might just even be noticing, like start paying attention. If some, if life isn't jiving the way you want it to, just start kind of watching your life and understanding, oh, I do do this. You're right, I have been hitting snooze five times And lazily, quote unquote, I don't really believe in the word lazy, but doing myself a, you know, injustice by not getting out of bed and things like that. And with that, my day doesn't shape up as good. I don't feel as good in the morning. It takes me longer to start my day. I don't feel as productive and just kind of start watching these patterns and habits. And you don't have to change them right away by any means. But if you can at least take note of them and bring awareness to the forefront, that's where you can then start thinking about okay do i want to change this how much maybe does this matter to me how much do i care about this how much do i want to change this and then also we're talking about that like what if what would happen if i did change this could my life improve if i did change this and is this something that in my true nature do i really want to be this way maybe not maybe time and place for everything, like hibernating in the winter, fully believe in that full component of that 100%. And yeah, so awareness is key. And to really start building awareness, we have to start slowing down. So getting away from constantly consuming so, so much. So And by consuming, consuming on social media, consuming on TV, even just consuming ourselves in what's going on with other people's lives, whether it's our partners or our families. And like we consume and then being intentional with what food we're consuming. Like we consume so much. So to kind of try to step away from the consumer and going into more of like conscious consumption will really help there. But then really quieting the mind. And I don't want to call it meditation because I know meditation can be really intimidating and almost triggering for people because it's thrown around so much now. But just connecting with the breath. If you can close your eyes for 60 seconds, take three deep breaths in and out, you immediately feel yourself change. And that can be great. So giving your mind space to just like slow down for a second so connecting with the breath is just huge like so so important if you don't want to meditate perfect but meditating can also be just forms of mindfulness and consciousness that can kind of work that awareness muscle so as we're talking about consuming and things like that if say when you're working from home I love to play music I have friends of mine who will play podcasts while they work I cannot focus and have someone else talking at the same time I actually can't really do any music with lyrics so if you feel just really rattled like look at what you're doing and maybe turn some things off like if you're working and you play podcasts or music and you find that you have really high levels of anxiety see what it would feel like to work in a quiet space or maybe adjust it or even as simple just to like shift that energy. I was just doing an interview, interviewing someone right for hours. And I had like a 15 minute break in between. And I was like, I need to kind of like shake this off so I can be present. So I just went and stood outside, I think maybe two minutes max, probably even 30 seconds, like put my feet in the grass because that's available to me, felt the wind on my face and just kind of was like, okay, take a minute. Now I can come back. And when we take those little breaks, we're able to really just notice more about our life and notice more about our actions and our habits. And again, just start being aware. And if you can at least be aware, that's the first step. And then... Typically, your mind down the road is going to want to take action, just like watching a movie. You always want to see what's happening next with like the Netflix series. Like I will binge watch Netflix because I have to know what is yeah. next. it is so yeah. hard for me. And kind of same thing in life, like when we start watching our own lives, and we're doing the same repetitive movement, naturally, we want to see something different. We want to see a change. So the change will always follow
0: awareness. Wow. You um, made me think of, like, there was once a time where we had to wait a whole week Mm. for the next episode. (laughs) Can you believe we're at it? Like, it's just so crazy. Like, we used to have to actually wait. I mean, I guess we kind of do it now with podcasts in a way, Mm -hmm. but... You know, it seems like that kind of short form is gone now of just like, nah, we want the whole season up front if I have to put my eyeballs on it. And sometimes I try to actually force myself to like do a weekly watch because mm-hmm. either the show's really heavy and I just, I can only do so much or I get really upset when I binge the whole season and yeah. I'm like, crap, I got to wait a whole nother year now. Instead of pacing it. So I'm, I'm glad that some stations and streaming services still do weekly because it makes sense to to build that anticipation, if you will. But at the same time, like the access to do that, that's sorry. That was just a really funny tangent that I was just like, we used to have to actually wait all the time for the next episode to come out. <laughs> but
1: I <laughs> feel like thing. that, though, is so thematic of our life in general, where we are right now is we don't want to wait for anything. We want to the Amazon package to be here tomorrow, we want the whole series so we can binge it that whole night because we don't want to wait a week. So I mean, to that point, even like test yourself and see what would happen if you pick a new series and you watch one episode a week, like create new habits, it can be really fun, bring back the Tuesday night TV show that you have to wait for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something interesting as well because I used to actually form my habits around that. My cleaning Mm -hmm. schedule is kind of like that. I've been following it very loosely now, but, you know, Mondays is like living room, Tuesdays is like bathroom, something like that. And even surrounding habits through that sometimes feels a lot better than just okay, five times a week, I need to make sure that I'm cleaning all the things, right? You just, I know on this day, this is when I do it. And then I'll have to think about it for, for the rest of the week. So I find myself flowing into that type of style and then flowing out and kind of just, I don't even like to use the word routines anymore, I've noticed. I mm-hmm. actually like to say systems because systems feels like it's fluid, whereas routines feels like it's set. You can't deviate around it. if, if you I used to be that person down to like the last 10 minutes, it's all time blocked out i mean i love the concept of time blocking but i use it so much differently now because crap i miss this the whole day's thrown off the world is over kind of thing whereas if you just give that flexibility and space of like okay i have time to do this here i'll just move it there kind of thing so yeah i feel that so much so this leads me to my last at least subject matter question so i told you one advice question at the beginning. But now what I would like to ask is what's one piece of advice that you would give to someone who's just starting their health journey, or maybe they're restarting their Mm -hmm. health journey? What would be the one piece that you would tell them as they're about to get back on the saddle or try it for the first time?
1: Yeah, be open to change. Because it's gonna change, it's gonna evolve, it's going to ebb and flow, you're gonna have good days and bad days. And know that more than likely, you're not going to completely change all of your habits or systematic ways of walking through life or the way you eat and the way you go through things in a day or a week. It's just, it's not realistic. But Mm -hmm. with being open to change, enjoy the journey. Allow it to be fun. Don't feel so regimented to pick this one thing and then if two weeks later you learn something new and that feels more aligned and you want to divert that way, give yourself the freedom to divert that way or learn different principles or theories and take a little bit from each that makes sense to you and do that. Don't be afraid to do it your own way. There's truly no one right way of being healthy, going through a wellness journey, just looking at our health in general, like there's no one way of doing it because we're all so individual. So give yourself freedom Mm. to just be open to change and have fun with it. Like I always say, if you're not having fun, what's the point? And I completely equate that to a health journey. It can be fun while challenging 1000%. But it can also be fun
0: at the same time. Yeah, I think I found it interesting. I did the paleo diet, like four or five years ago. And I did it for about nine months straight. And now the first three days was brutal because the withdrawals were real. Just yep. because I just did not understand how much process stuff that I had. And so I had to start like moving things out. I was like, Oh my God, I'm like giving everything away to my roommates. Cause I'm just like, I just, I consumed so many boxed, refined processed stuff. But even afterwards, just that clarity of, I feel really good right now. Like, I mean, I'm not about to go do CrossFit and, like, flip tires and shit, but, like, I feel really good. And it made <laughs> things fun. It made things so enjoyable because I felt, like, this fog being lifted, which has led to a lot of my habits now. Like, I rarely do dairy like I used to. Just Cheese is probably the only mm-hmm. thing that you'll catch me. And I'm like, it's, it's cheese, y'all. I got to melt tea, smoked gouda. Yes. But, you know, I mainly do almond milk. I I don't. My my perish, non-perishables are very well selected because there's so many more options now than it was before but you know most of my fridge is a lot of perishable foods which forces me to like if you don't cook you're just gonna have a rotting fridge and you get really frustrated when you're having to throw out food that could have been easily used and also reminding myself to freeze stuff more because there's that option too It, it just had this ripple effect and I remember just kind of feeling that like I actually like, feel good bouncing into work, even though I don't like any of you people. Like It's just it's so, this energy.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because at the beginning, it is so challenging. And I'm not going to tell you that it's not. You have the withdrawal symptoms. You have all these other things taking place mentally. I mean, it's very similar to addiction with substance abuse and things like mm-hmm. that. Food addiction is a very real thing. However, when that veil starts to lift, I mean it is better than some drugs like to have that clarity and that energy and once it starts lifting you start understanding it but until you feel it lift, i will say it's really really hard to understand it so trust again feel the burning desire inside of yourself look at other people's experiences and yeah it's like once we remove certain things it's interesting how much we realize oh i don't really need those or There are better suited alternatives for me and with kind of limiting processed foods too. I always say like do things that your future self will thank you for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Chopping a bunch of vegetables. It's not fun. I don't like meal prep with the like, like the way I did paleo before as well. And I would meal prep Mm -hmm. all the time with paleo and stuff. Now, all I do is chop my vegetables. So come Thursday night when I'm exhausted, I have an idea of what I can just literally take throw on the stove and the less effort the better because we're all creatures of convenience. I am myself right. but I just do those little things so it's less difficult later down the road and then I'm less likely to be like eh forget it I'm
0: just gonna have the bag of chips.
1: which I yeah. still
0: do on occasion. Yeah yeah no totally I think the finding the balance of what is convenient for you is also something that I've been working on so like it's funny because the company is called Taylor Farms. And I'm like, where's my check? Mm-hmm.
1: Like, right. Seriously. Check? You need some, uh,
0: but, right. Right. But they have these stir fry kits.
1: Mm.
0: And I'm like, I ain't got to cut nothing. I literally just dump the bag. And then the sauce is usually I'll either use it, but I'll use only half of it. Because a lot of times the sauce is where there's a lot of that sugar and stuff. Or I just save the sauce for something else that I might use, like as a marinade or something. And I, I do my own. Yes. But it's all chopped. I started buying julienne carrots now more and like different slaws. Like there's a broccoli slaw that I use and mm-hmm. I'll like, throw it in soups and stuff. All I don't have to do is like chop up some cabbage and I'm good. Like there's those little hacks that you can do to make it convenient because I'm definitely guilty of like having these uh, moments where I'm not inspired by cooking as much. Mm-hmm. And I realized there's a couple of factors, convenience and what my ingredients are. Is my kitchen a hot mess? If my Mm -hmm. kitchen's a hot mess, I'm not in in the space to do it. That's the only thing that I miss about me and my partner living together, and I whine about this all the time to him, is we had a nice flow of, I'll cook, Mm -hmm. he'll clean the kitchen, because he's very just militantly disciplined about making sure the kitchen is pretty straight. And so I miss those days because I'm just like the kitchen is a mess. Yeah, I'm not cooking, so I need to and I've that's where I got my my bags of salad ready to go. Just dump get my get my <laughs> dressing and I'm good. Throw some extra veggies on it. So, I that appreciate that carry. a lot. So, how can people find you? What are you working on? You, you got some, some stuff in the works, I hear. So I'd love to know about any offerings that you have or promotions and how people can connect with you to take advantage of all of this great knowledge if they want to work with you one-on-one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So if you have not yet listened to our episode together on my podcast, uh, definitely go check that out, which you can also find my podcast on Instagram or the website. They're both just at Loving Your Own Soul for all the podcast knowledge and then to work with me or just for general wellness tips, mindset tips, all the things you can find me on Instagram is really where I'm most active and that is at Ambu Wellness. And that's A-M-B-U Wellness or my website is also ambuwellness.com. And I have some three and six month one-on-one coaching containers. And because we are all so unique I actually offer with a human design coach who I'm paired up with We, with my three and six month programs, actually do a complimentary human design reading within those because it benefits you, the individual, but then myself as to how I can work with you. I understand you more intricately, truly at that cellular level, which has been so beneficial. But then I also have my nine week life and balance program, which is a self-paced program really covering all the topics we kind of talked about all about bringing your life into a state of balance of course what you eat but then so much more goes into it as well and all of my offerings are i'll actually be raising my prices on april 16th so between now and then you can buy all my offerings for the current prices however if you're interested in working with me you want to grab the current price perfect however you can start the program or coaching container at any point in time so you don't have to start it right away I'm very big on just win-win situations and like life happens life goes on so if you're interested and you want to nail in my current pricing go for it however there's no pressure you can start it whenever that feels good
0: for you that's nice it's like reserving your spot and it's good even though you're not going to be there for like four weeks or something. That's awesome. I can speak to your uh, self-paced program because you've graciously allowed me to go through it. I mean, there's a lot of great, just great nuggets. I actually have gone very slowly through it so I can truly ingest it because I will admit I am a course junkie. But it's just because I love that's what actually one of my top five. Um, if we're going the Clifton Gallops of strengths, is learning. And when it's something I'm interested in, I will hoard information because at any moment I feel like it's going to come up. It's going to be trivia night, and I'm going to suddenly know all the things because it's related to health and wellness, and I get the free beer for the night. So <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> I remember I the first it. time I answered a, a trivia question, and it was about Starbucks. It was what their largest cup size is. And I was like, I know this because I get them all the time. And I felt really accomplished with myself. Was like,
1: <laughs> I love that. I'm a course junkie. I have to check myself. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I
0: really need to take in more right now. Oh. Thank you, right, right. Especially <laughs> yeah. those big bundles that come out. I have I did two of them. And I'm still working through a lot of that content because it's just like there's so much. And some of it doesn't apply right now. Some of it applies later. So they had that, that wellness one that came out a while ago. I had to I had to graciously say no because I was this close, but I'm just like this is, I wanted to do this, it too. It's like this is not the time to go on a deep soul journey just yet. You just came out of one. Now it's just to, the daily practice thing, and then we'll have a break where you can do it again because I, I don't need to be falling apart in the middle of a podcast because I'm doing so much intense shadow work, I can't <laughs> I can't function. <laughs> I can't function. Will be I I love you. You already know that we're basically like stateside sisters and mm-hmm. podcast sisters, and it has been so fun catching up with you again. So thank you so much for your time, for your wisdom, all of the gracious tips and tricks on uh, that I'm planning on implementing in my life. I don't know about y'all because uh, I am definitely prone to falling off and getting a little discouraged about getting back on. So hopefully this was helpful to anybody but it was definitely helpful for me so thank you for that that's all we got for this round but i definitely would love to have you come back um until then i guess i'll catch you on the instagram side of things yes, yes thank <laughs> you
1: so much taylor this was such a treat i always love chatting with you we definitely have such a
0: sisterly bond it's so special so thank you we we all right y'all until next time man what a conversation am i right like i just I don't listen, I'm I'm surprised that I was able to keep it concise to just an hour because Britt and I can talk for days. Like we can talk about everything when we were hopping off. I like I just started rambling and like, I think we said goodbye like three times because (laughs) we can just talk about anything. So I really hope you got some value from that conversation, especially from my episode earlier this week about just how to reset, especially when you get some crazy I won't say crazy, at least in my case, but like my A1C went up and I kind of had an interesting endocrinologist appointment and kind of feeling a little defeated in a way. And so just feeling encouraged and empowered to jump back in and have some self-compassion go slow and not pile myself under all of these habits that I want to build but just doing what feels right and saying no to the right things so I can say yes to the better things so thank you Britt, uh, for all of your time and wisdom I super enjoyed our conversations and I know it will not be the last one that we ever have I'm happy to have her back on the show so let me know what you think if you really feel uh, connected with this episode I would love to hear from you hop on Apple podcast iTunes whatever they call it now and leave me a message the review section is not just for you to give me a summary of my show I want feedback let me know do you want to hear a specific guest or a topic or do you have a question even I'm happy to pull those responses and uh, compile some good friends or just hop on solo to respond to those with you so rate leave your comments even if it's not directly about the show I want to know what you think if you have any questions and so forth, if you want to reach out to me on instagram that's cool too love to see you guys commenting things like that hitting me up in the dms forgive me if i'm not speedy enough in responding to them but i will get to them but you know follow on instagram make sure that you're subscribed on itunes apple Podcasts, whatever they call it spotify um, google podcast and amazon I keep forgetting that it's also on Amazon. And of course, you can always check me out on YouTube. I know that's like everybody's ending thing of like how many channels are on. So know that I won't do this every time, but just want you to make aware of all the places you can find me. And of course, HealingInHideSide.com is the number one place that you can reach me. So thank you guys for your time and for listening. And I'll catch you next week on Tuesday. Coming up next time on Healing in Hindsight. I think we often try to look at the positive beliefs and then the negative beliefs kind of just stay by the wayside. We try not to acknowledge them because by acknowledging them, it shows that we are playing a role in our own progress. Not to say that there aren't outside things that cause trouble, but initially it boils down to what you value. What do you choose to do?